We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you know that uh, it's been two months to the day since the last time you were on the Dynasty, Rotowire Dynasty podcast? Has it? Yeah. Like it, that's it, too long. Of a it was, what was February? It was February 14th. I checked. You need, need me Please. on more frequently than that. If you want the good, if you want the good. Um, I agree. Football info. I agree. We, what we've been doing on this podcast is we've been having a different guest every week. And it's really, it's worked out because we've had some, some great guests, but at the same time, you know, now I'm going to be able to start to uh, bring back some of the all time favorites. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, the other thing I'm a little disappointed in you, uh, Geek, is that you haven't uh, done any startups this offseason yet. I know. I need to get some going. I, I, I missed that other one. It's, I don't like the pre-draft startup that much. So, well, But here, here's the thing. The pre-draft startup is done in two different ways. It's There's either the rookies are in it, which I can understand, because if you haven't gone into the deep rookie dive yet, that, that can be a disadvantage. But the other thing is when there's rookie picks – and you're just drafting the picks themselves. That's fine because yes. the picks are because the picks are insulated. You're drafting the value of one point one or the value of you know of, of one point eight. But as we know, that these picks always go way earlier than they should. That, that's what I was going to say. I love those. I do love those type of approaches because the league always overvalues those rookies. They love the rookies, and yeah. the rookies ain't that good. They're not that good. Well, it's it's more that they're just such low probability hits, right? I mean, doesn't matter. Even the one one is, you know, this year everyone so far pre draft thinks that Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State, is the locked in one one, which you know I've you and I have talked about. I don't think it's locked in, but it, I mean, is it a lock? Where's the optimal landing spot for the number one running? Let's say forget Brees Hall's name. Who's the whoever the number one running back is? Where's the best spot and realistic where they can land? You think? I think it's Atlanta. I think it's Atlanta. I think it's like, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot because Buffalo, maybe. Well, Buffalo. So let's think about it realistically. Buffalo would have to be the first round pick 25. That's probably not happening. There's probably not going to be a running back in the first round. Now you get into the second round. We talked about the jets having those two picks, 35 and 38 could be, could be a wide, uh, a running back Houston. That's an interesting one. Just from volume alone, that's pick thirty-seven. Houston's one you want. So, yeah, I, I saw I saw your breakdown as well, and I totally agree. Listen, if the Jets, the landing spot is so critical for a running back. This is why it's really hard to anticipate it. It's so critical because 
by the time their first contract, you can't wait for second contracts with running backs. It's that they're, they're washed. They're washed. A lot of the times, you know, four years in five years in they're washed. When my miles Sanders, we hoping for, we're hoping for a comeback at him. Like, no, it didn't work out. Those first years are important. So, um, yeah, if it goes to the Jets, you're screwed. If it goes to Houston, as you said, great. Houston can use a running back. They have nothing. Well, that right now, let's see. They have they have some old guys. And we're going to talk about our old guy rankings throughout the show. But right now, Houston's depth chart is Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. And I think it's Hoist Freeman, too. Oh, man. I mean, their depth chart reads like just the, the, across the whole team. <laughs> it's just horrible. But, I mean, that's not a word. That's nothing. Those... Those three guys are, are they have nothing, nothing at running back. Absolutely. Um, they get a running back. The problem is they're a losing team that's going to be a losing team for a long time. And you don't want that. That's the balance with the running back position, right? I don't, you know what I always tell you? I don't want running backs on losing teams. I, I don't want that. They don't score frequently via the running back. So, yeah, yeah you give me Brees Hall to the Jets and he's splitting time with, with um, Carter, with Carter. Or, or even Houston, where it's a losing franchise that doesn't have any hope of not of being any good anytime soon. But Houston was feisty for fantasy last year. I mean, Brandon Cooks paid the bills for you for fantasy. Davis Mills was arguably the best rookie quarterback last year. He's going to get every opportunity to start. I mean, they don't. There, there's opportunity there. And at the end of the day, if some rookie running back is going to come in and walk into like 15 touches. I mean, that's that's in your, your redraft. That's worth a third round pick, but in a fourth round pick in dynasty, though, it's worth something. Right. Let me throw this at you then. So your top two, let's say the top two running back prospects and, and arguable, right? Brees Hall. And then who's the second? Kenneth, Kenneth Walker, Walker, maybe. I mean, yeah. there's some other names. Samir right? White. Yeah. So Kenneth Walker, let's say he's extensive number two. So you're on the clock, right? Kenneth Walker goes to. Atlanta slash Houston, like the better spot. Yeah, actually, there's another great spot that's really underrated, um, but also weird this year. Seattle, Seattle can use a running back too. Um, there's a few teams that could use one, but um, right, like if Seattle gets like a, a a running back that we like in the early fourth round or like the late third round. I know Antonio Gibson went in the early third round, but something like that where you know the a prospect we like but goes later and but walks into almost no competition. We're gonna. How are you not going to push that guy up? Absolutely. And, and compare that with, let's say, one of the poor landing spots for Brees Hall. You know, let's say he goes to, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, the, 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 Jets. Obvious, the Jets. The obvious one is the Jets. All right. So we'll use that as our example. There's a few other ones where you're like, ooh, that's Let's, not a great spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll keep going with this because I like this thought. But I'm yeah, gonna pull compare up the it draft. to that. So what do you do? Dynasty, right? Do you value, hey, this guy is the more talented guy. I've scouted him and I think he's going to be the greatest player and whatever. And he's going to overcome the hardships of his team situation. Think Travis Etienne last year with, with Robinson on the same team. Or do you say, you know what? Situation is King at the RB position. I've got a running back on Houston slash Atlanta slash Seattle, no competition for touches. I'm going to take the 20 touch guy and enjoy him for the next three or four years. Cause that's along the same lines. Short-term, intermediate, long-term dynasty thinking. Yeah, so I'm pulling up the, the full draft order right now. And let's see. Okay, let's go to the second round because we both agree that that is – you know what? Even though it's unlikely, what if the Jaguars at pick 33 take Brees Hall? The worst-case scenario. 
Even worse. I mean, they won't the do Jets. it though. That's that's no, reaching a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm just okay. Seattle, you you hit on something here. Seattle has two picks, forty and forty one. That's like the the what's say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's the eighth and the ninth pick in the second round. That's prime for a running back, isn't it? They're gonna take one. They do not love. Listen, Chris Carson. I'm sorry. I, I've been saying this. I'm 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 generally not wrong about these things. When I when I make a declaration, I'm you know I'm not wrong. The neck. Those type of issues, they don't go away. He's always hurt. He's done, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody's. I mean, I, I've done a few startups already. Chris Carson, he's not valued at all. Like no yeah, one's he's taking not, him. And and Rashad Penny looked good, by the way, last year. But Rashad he's, Penny's a five years into the league known entity that is just not able to also deal with a full. He's never played a full season. He's not. He's not shown that he could shoulder a workload. They're not going. There would be highly unlikely, on, on a, especially on a season where they have no quarterback, to also go in and say, all right, we're also not going to have a running back or we're going to rely on a guy who's always hurt. And then when he gets hurt, what are they going to have? Nothing. They, they should be the team that takes a running back early. And I actually think if Brees Hall goes to Seattle, probably best one at the oh, upper yeah. echelon of best case scenarios. Yeah, and the other, you know, I was just saying a sneaky team to take a running back in the middle of the second round is Dallas. Zeke on that, you know, rough contract. He's only there for two more years. If you see someone you like at pick 56, you know, like a bruiser type. That's a ruinous. That's that's ruining, right? That's a ruinous pickup. Zeke, by the way, old man. Talk about old man. Your (laughs) old man obsession with Zeke is already known far and wide throughout the Twitter sphere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Elon Musk wants to buy Twitter just to shut that down. Yeah. Like, I mean, you do not listen to Zeke anymore. I hate him for, for those uh, just tuning in the, uh, the, he what the geek is talking about is I, I've been an advocate of drafting Zeke Elliott at his ADP in the fourth and fifth round of these best ball tournaments, best ball drafts and redraft. I mean, I, I told you already in the, like in the sharp, I'm in uh, a best ball 10 right now. And I, I think the drafters there are pretty sharp. He went in the Why? third round. Why are you doing anything? Best ball 10? Those still exists? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, yeah. I'm thinking MFL 10s. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. It's oh, the same okay. Thing. Yeah, same company. They changed. They rebranded the name from MFL 10 to best ball 10. Oh, boy. A couple years ago. They're good. They're single quarterback leagues right now, but they're good because there are sharp players there. And already Zeke went in like 3.5. Like he's moving on up already. And again, just based on workload. Uh, but let's get into our old man rankings a little bit. And we're not going to go, hey, rank number one, rank number two. But I just want to talk about how, well, first of all, why do you think dynasty players undervalue age so much? Like, I think it's the biggest leak in most dynasty players games. Yeah, it's hard to fathom in your mind you ha- years. Like, it's hard to it's hard to figure out in your head, like, all right, I got this guy for two, like, the way we different the difference in evaluation, for example, be, from a twenty seven year old to a twenty eight year old is huge. That's it. You know, it's like when they're twenty eight, all of a sudden, all you see is like up oh, thirty, right around a corner. And and so with dynasty, you're really playing this incredible balance, and it really is a great balance between young assets that you can ride a long way against you know talented players in their prime. Uh, the perfect example is Cooper Cup right now. Right. There is no better and, and Devontae Adams, but there's no better player right now in the NFL for fantasy production going into the season than Cooper Cup. Like he is the guy. He's the I mean, guy. You can make the argument, Devontae Adams, but like 
you know, new quarterback, new situation. I, I'm still ranking cup higher, right? I'm definitely ranking cup higher, but you're also as a dynasty. So he's the number one fantasy asset last year, 28.2 PPR points per game. That is an unprecedented number for wide receiver. To give you an idea of how ridiculous that is, it's the all-time that, season. Just so you know, it's it's he has the all. He beat Randy Moss's season. That, this that is what, but he is competing with all-time running back seasons at this level, right? He is on par with like a Christian McCaffrey vintage best year ever in in average fantasy points per game. That guy was ridiculous as a wide receiver. So, but yet. What's he really worth in Dynasty? When you start to think about him in Dynasty, well, he's 28 years old. Right, he's going about wide receiver 10. So I think you hit on something here is that the best uh, way to peek behind the curtain of what the the age gap or how Dynasty players value age is compare the consensus redraft rankings in any given year to the startup Dynasty rankings. And Cooper Cup, I think everybody would agree wide receiver one, wide receiver two. uh, Player two, maybe, or three. Six or three. Uh, you know, absolute value player number three. Like Cooper Cup is breaking the barrier of you take like four or five running backs before a wide receiver goes. No, this right. year, you, you know, wide receiver, you could take him pick two. Oh, yeah. I, and I, again, pick one. You could, yeah. in a three receiver in a flex league, it's okay to take Cooper Cup and redraft pick one. But in Dynasty, he goes wide receiver 10, wide receiver 11. It's, it's, the, it's the year window. So we're enamored by Jamar Chase, who hasn't proven anything. I mean, he's proven something. He's Come proven, on. He had a good year. He's, he had a good end of the season. He had, listen, he looks like a good player. But he's we're a first round pick in all formats. You know, you know who else looked amazing their, their rookie year? DJ Moore. You know who's done very little since? DJ Moore. So he's fine. I, listen, I still like DJ Moore. Don't get me wrong. Quarterback issues. But I'm just saying, we have seen players look amazing in their first year and then not replicate it year two. Mike Williams. Mike Williams started hot last year. He was he like had wide receiver stretches, but like he had a pretty good rookie. And then, you know, he had the 10 touchdowns the one season. Yeah. Yeah. He's had problems is your thing is that yeah. you, you get an average and that's again, and for another discussion, why I like Justin Jefferson over Jamar Chase is more bank production, but sticking with the old guys for a minute here. So w- with your dynasty philosophy, like your startup, like when I finally get you to do a dynasty startup draft, are you going to be rookie enamored or young player enamored or are you with me now? And I just let you have to see this team I'm building right now in a I've dynasty startup. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm talking to the audience. I'm, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to pretend you haven't seen oh, it. Right. right. But I have just, this would be, I, I think I have eight top 35 guys on the redraft rankings on my dynasty team. So who are like, give me one or two of the top older players, age 27 and older any position that you're going to just do a dance when they fall to you in these drafts. Yeah. I mean, one of the best ones and it is one of the players on your team. I love this guy and where you're getting him is Derek Henry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Listen, I'm trying to win my league this year as well. And, and as long as a player, especially running back has a two or three year window, I'm fine with them. Running backs are much more replaceable. And this, this does go to my approach a little bit, but um, Derek Henry Age 29 when the season starts. Yeah, he's 29. He's got that's dangerous, but he's got a couple good years left in him, I think. Right? Never hurt. Didn't doesn't have a lot of wear on the tires. You remember Marshawn Lynch late late in his career? Derrick Henry's a similar running back to him. He's not a he's not like this quickness guy. He's a power guy, and that lasts a little bit longer. 
but Derrick Henry at you know RB 15, 16. Oh, yeah, that's where he is going. And he's, and again, for the and if you look at that ADP, because I think that is his his ranking right now, or his, his ADP, he's going to go what top five in most uh redrafts. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the gap right there. I think that's a key advantage that dynasty players can take advantage of if they don't get so rookie enamored, youth enamored is take the consensus redraft rankings, compare them to the dynasty rankings and see where that gap is. Now, of course, you know, if you're, if you like, okay, here's a good example to illustrate our point. Everyone loves DeAndre Swift. I love DeAndre Swift. He's going as RB two or three in most startup drafts. If, would you make any? Would you put any amount of money, like uh, of consequence, that Derrick Henry is not going to outproduce or won't outproduce DeAndre Swift over the next two seasons? Like, I, I would be scared no. to take that bet on the DeAndre Swift side. No, of course not. Um, yeah, Derrick Henry when he plays is a monster, and and you're getting him. Like I said, it's you're not giving up an elite asset. You're giving up like a Michael Pittman. You, you know what I'm saying? It, this is the important part <laughs> of it. So true. It's so true. Cortland Sutton. Like, we hope for good things from Cortland Sutton. But I'm taking Derrick Henry there. Yeah. You know, that that's – so the whole thing about how you build your dynasty and 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 with the age, there has to be a balance. What I don't like to do, and, and, and you got to be careful about this, is I like to build my team in a balanced enough way that I feel I can compete every single year, right? I want to well, have what, a mix well, – Step, that's a good point. So how do you do that? Like, what's the balance of old and young players? And when do you attack those players in the first, say, like six or seven rounds of the draft? How do you how do you play that balance? You, you've got to consider how many of the oldies are key players on your team. And the second component is if some of the age drops, then you can really make it work. So the Derrick Henry example is perfect. You're taking him around the Cortland Sutton, Michael Pittman kind of zone of, well, I don't really love these guys that much anymore. Like the young, pl- young players me. with upside that have shown at least something. That's the, yeah. that would be the description of the wide receivers. Guys are, but by the time I got to round seven or six or seven, and I'm looking at a Derrick Henry, I've already got a bunch of youth on my team as well. So I'm looking, I'm like, all right, I got a young wide receiver. Okay. Here's a medium age. Here's a Cooper, a, a, a Mari Cooper type guy, a 28 year old, a 29 um, I've got a I've got a Chase or a Jefferson or an AJ Brown anchoring it. So I'm looking at all right, where's my turnover going to happen on this team? What year is it going to happen? I don't mind. I'm trying to win this year. Yeah, as we talk about, you want to play dynasty in I believe in two to three year windows with quarter with elite quarterbacks. Uh, you know the Mahomes, Herbert types. Okay, you could play in four to five year windows. I don't mind. But any once you get into like QB like nine. You're, you're back to playing in two-year windows. Like, how, I mean, let's talk about like uh, Tua, for example, who's probably like QB 14. You're playing in a one-year window. Like, are you are you confident that Tua, like, can you tell me emphatically that the Tua is going to be the quarterback next year on the Miami Dolphins? Uh, not emphatically. I, I right. do think he will you, be, though. I, right, I no, me Tua too. will be. Me too. But what I'm saying is like, that style of player, I mean, there's a whole crew with Daniel Jones and dude. Zach Daniel Wolf. Jones goes even a couple tiers later now. Yeah. Like Tua is now moving up because of the weaponry that he acquired. I think Tua will be fine, actually. I think Tua has a shot of becoming decent, but we have not seen. There is no example of it yet. We have not seen it to know for sure. But but yeah, I know what you mean. He's young, but when you're taking Tua, are you giving up on Russell Wilson? You're not taking Russ there? Or or is he going around? No, Russell Wilson's uh, basically a a top 20 pick now that he's on Denver in Superflex. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. So I mean, Russell Wilson's back. He's back to five years ago, Russ, at this point, and rightfully so. I mean, they've they've upgraded the weaponry. Denver has a long history of taking these Hall of Fame, fr- frankly, Hall of Fame quarterbacks and giving them second life. So you know what? While I have the, there's like a ticking right here. I have to shut this down. I want you. I'm going to give you a, a lead question here while I shut this down. I'm going to go okay. away for one second. Okay. I want you to. Uh, do you think? that it's a reasonable strategy to go young on wide receiver and then maybe take the older running backs that fall, the Zeke's, the Aaron Jones, and which one of those guys, Aaron Jones, yeah, use Aaron Jones, for example. Break him down. What do you think dynasty players could expect of him at age 27? So, yeah, actually, I actually like the double the double question there um, of building around older running backs and younger wide receivers because it seems counterintuitive. But, of course, when we're talking about Aaron Jones, the best thing about Aaron Jones for this year is just the fact that Aaron Rodgers has no one else to throw to. I think a lot of the thing that people are missing is you're going to get Aaron Jones. uh, You're going to get Aaron Jones as a pass-catching weapon. That guy has absolutely smashed in games where Devontae Adams wasn't there. So, you know, as much as I don't like the A.J. Dillon Thing and and yeah. that's going to harm him in a way. But you're getting Aaron Jones late, and I do think he's going to kind of be a wide receiver for that team. He's a touchdown scorer. I'm fine with Aaron Jones. And and to come back to your point, um, says the bigger point is the counterintuitive concept of building around younger wide receivers. I I could not agree with this more though. It seems counterintuitive, but you put in the yeoman like um, Terminator Connors. The, the 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 Leonard Fournettes who you can get for a reasonable price. You can get, you can piece together. I, you've seen me win championship after championship doing this. Yep. I, I have youth at wide receiver. Because that, that the shelf life just lasts. Like, you know, because with A.J. Brown, for example, like when you take him in the second round and you forego that, that running back, that DeAndre Swift, is that even if the A.J. Brown has two down games, you're not even considering benching him. Whereas if you take a little bit of a wide receiver a little bit later, just say like, I don't, you know, I don't want to use George, even Christian Kirk, right? If you, if you go running back early, then you end up with the Christian Kirk types or even Cortland Sutton, who's a popular pick. If Cortland Sutton has a game where he goes three for 30, four for 58, no touchdowns, you're like, uh-oh. I can't bench. I ha- I'm a game and play him. And then you bench him and there's the six for a for hundred and two touchdowns from Russ. And then you're like, for me, it's another reason wholly and completely. It's just, the wide receivers just last longer. So even older ones last a while. Like even even the 26 year old one, they play till like they're 31. You get a 25 year old running back by 27, they're a lot of times they're toast. So the way I look and and the way I look at dynasty is I want to use my draft to replace running backs with fresh young ones. I think it's much much more difficult. And this is the other component to it it's much more difficult to pick an early wide receiver and be right about it. And I know we're all spoiled with what happened last season and a bunch of good wide receivers come out of two years ago in the last couple of years where, where, Oh no, I took Jamar chase first and he's great. Or yeah. Or I took Devonta Smith. Listen, I still remember the John Dotson uh, and, and, and uh, Josh Doxson, right? Is Josh Doxson's <laughs> of the world. That yep. same year, Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman's of the yeah. world. The, there are Evan white, uh, Justin Blackman, 
Uh, but at least Blackman was good. He just had off the field problems. Like, but nonetheless, the bust level yeah. of wide receiver early, plus you can get wide receivers late. So my my well, draft approach- the old dynasty adage goes: draft wide receiver. Sorry, take uh, wide receivers in the startup. Uh, rookie drafts go running back. Yeah, and I know it seems like it's it's true because you can replace running backs in the draft every year. You just take them. Right. And you don't know the Antonio Gibson was a perfect example. Went late in the first, early second. You get these guys that just like they float around. You don't know Elijah Mitchell last year, Elijah Mitchell. You just keep taking them. And eventually you're going to find one, even if it's a Khalil Herbert that fills in for four games or or some other thing or an Elijah Mitchell in the third round. You just keep taking these guys and either they're filling in for injured players or whatever. But you could piecemeal together the running back position. Much easier. You cannot piece to meal together wide receivers. You're going to end up playing um, Zay Jones, and he'll have a game. You know, just inconsistent type of guys. Where if you have, if you load up on these players that last longer, that's the best approach to dynasty in general. And then bringing it around to the old guy, young guy thing. It's just about where you're getting them in the draft. I do not agree with somebody taking a Christian McCaffrey or a Devontae Adams in the first round of their dynasty startup. You have to get bargains on those guys, but when they're popping up, so these early drafts that you're in right now that you and I have done in the past, those are the sharpest players. Those guys hate age, right? The, the well, people- that's the leak in their game, right? They, yes. they overvalue youth instead of hating age. They overvalue youth yes. early in the drafts. Yeah. They hate the age. So that's where you're getting these incredible that's how you get these incredible players who are win now players dropping to the point where like people like no i'm taking some rookie wide receiver hoping that they're going to be good this year right where it's like wait a minute there are actual good wide receivers that we know are good that are available right now why are you doing that but they just want to build a long-term thing and and overvaluing the youth 100 percent yeah, and, and that also goes for some of the other positions as well. Um, for example, in Superflex Leagues, I mean, you'll see Tom Brady. So in a redraft Superflex League, Tom Brady's a first-round pick, right? Obvious reasons, 5,000-yard passing upside, 35 touchdowns, almost a lock if he's healthy. But in Dynasty Leagues, he goes in like – in Superflex Leagues, he goes like QB like 16. He, I mean, QB 18 he, because there's a – I guess a thought process that this is it. This is his last year. But what if Brady plays two years, right? I mean, most likely a one-year player. Here's the thing. And and this is part of how you manipulate and work a dynasty long-term. It's not just about who you're taking in the startup. It's when do you trade away a player? Um, So here's the thing with, listen, Tom Brady's got a one-year window. If he comes back a year after this year, that's a miracle. But you have to assume this is a one-year window. So if you draft Brady and you do not win this league, it's worth it if you win the league. But if you do it and you don't win the league, you blew it. The last thing you, you want to do is have players expire on your roster worthless. So, okay, let, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. And yes, that is a bad thing if you have a player expire or just retire. You got to win the league or you messed it up. But I, I forget. I want to credit somebody. I think uh, Jordan uh, McNamara first said this on the Football Guys podcast, but he said, what do you care about the price of your house if you're going to live in it, right? You don't care if the fluctuations that your house goes up 10%, down 10% uh, if you're going to live in it. And no better example than someone like DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to have 
rock solid redraft value and production, but his market value, his trade value is so low. You can't, cause he's going to be 30 when the season starts, but that's Kyler Murray's number one weapon. I mean, you know, Christian Kirk gone, uh, Zach Ertz there. They just resigned AJ green. No, no problem. And now, so this is what I'm talking about. Like, Someone like DeAndre Hopkins is going to expire on your roster, even if, and you can't just say, oh, am I going to win a championship or not? If you're going to be competitive and you think you're going to make the playoffs, you're never going to get more than 60 cents, 65 cents on the well, dollar for someone like Hopkins. So you want to hold that guy, hope you get in the playoffs or, you know, and then just get lucky. Let's know, explore like- what the value is of an old player like that. Cause that's a really great name to bring up who, by the way, I sold off in a bunch of leagues last year early. And but for was- what, what did you get for him? Two firsts. Oh, no, that's good. See, now that's full. That's more than full, full value. value. I've, I have never seen Hopkins go that high in the last 18 months. Shocked. But yeah, last season I was able to get rid of him for a two first deal very early in the season. Remember early in the season. It wouldn't even have worked out week 15 or week week seven, eight, nine. It was he, earlier. But Hopkins has to be atop your old man rankings, right? For wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on everything's everything's relevant. So if you're getting him late enough, he's valued. Here, here's the thing going with, wide receiver, like, like 15, 17, something like that. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. That's that spot where you're taking the yeoman like production. Now understand this too. Deandre Hopkins also didn't have the greatest production because Kyler Murray started spreading the football around a little more. And he is a volume based wide receiver all day. He's got the low a dot. Uh, uh, he's got the low depth of target and he is a guy that needs 10 targets, 12 targets a game. He didn't get it last year and he wasn't that great. But, um, you know, it, it does bring up a good point. When do you when do you get rid of a guy like that? Do you hold him right? What's he worth today? And and I'll throw that at you. You when is the best time to sell? Let's say my team is not win now. I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know what? I accept it. I, I look at a team. This is not winning the championship. Right. I'm looking at it. I'm, I, I'm weak here. I, I need this. I got that. Uh, when is the best window to sell and what can you get? for DeAndre Hopkins right now. Is it now? Is that no, you want to wait for the season. Do you want to wait for him to have a couple good games? What is the best time to sell and what is the maximum value you can extract from a player like that that you know is expiring in the next couple of years? Maybe he's got another two seasons in him, maybe. So I think that you have dynasty players often ask themselves that exact question and I'm not sure that's the right question to ask yourself. I think the right question is and this is just dynasty philosophy. You actually, you know what I'm going to say? I'm not going to say right or wrong because you say to yourself, and I've heard you say this offline is, can I win the championship? I ask myself, can I make the playoffs? Because you can go on a run for three weeks if you're making the right waiver wire pickups and, and just DFS grinding your way to a, to a win, right? So I ask myself, can I make the playoffs and do I have a run in me? Yeah, because you don't want to just make the playoffs if, with, if you're a low total points team and you just kind of got lucky, you beat the lowest point total. In, right, that's a whole different story. So I think that you want to ask yourself, can you make a run? And also that the best time to sell an aging player who's got depressed market value is immediately after they have a big game. But you cannot expect what I think dynasty players do wrong is someone like Hopkins. Let's say he comes in week one and has – Seven for 90 and a touchdown, okay? That's the time to sell him. But don't expect to get a, a, a dollar on the dollar, you know? If he was going to give you 65 cents on the dollar in the preseason, 
All right, now you might get seventy-five or eighty cents. So what does that what, what does that lead to? Is that a Amon Ross St. Brown, Gabriel Davis, straight up to a team that's win now? I would do that. Right there, uh, not maybe. I think Amon Ross St. Brown. That would be an uh, about as much of a target as you could get. And if if Amon Ross St. Brown has a bad week one, say like three for twenty-five and just you know on like five targets, that's the time to do it. Yeah. A lot of times, as, as we have that recency bias where Hopkins one game good, a player that we valued as wide receiver twenty one game bad, boom. Oh, I don't want him. But that's the time to strike. You know what I like about that name and how you threw that out there instead of saying late first, early second is Amarase Brown is one of those players that we've talked about that um, he kind of floats with. If you have him, you're like, yeah, I'm not giving him up for like you want a first, but no one wants to buy him for that. Like, right. you know, he, he floats in that zone of I, I'd put a few different players in that range, but like I'm not selling him for a second, but you're not paying a first for him. So he's just right. there. Like he's untradeable in a lot of ways. It would have to be right. It would have to be like an older player plus a pick. And I'm just trying to think of, of somebody that falls into that, that range there. Uh, If uh, who would be like a veteran player? Oh, you know what? If someone said, I will, I don't want to use Cortland Sutton. Who's a little bit of an older player. Maybe go Brandon cooks plus a second round pick for Amon Ross St. Brown might be a trade. You would see get done in the dynasty league. Yeah. Double, double um, second round values two second rounders. Essentially. But, but cooks is more actual yeah. real value. He'll give you and, real and production cook being a guy that, yeah, that, that's the kind of thing. So that, that, yeah, that's a perfect example. So if you have a team, but you, you do have to be self-aware. In Dynasty, you have to be self-aware. You have to be self-aware of your team. You got to look at it and go, all right, what am I? Now, now another problem that people have, though, is the perennial rebuild <laughs> problem. And this does come back also to the aged players, where guys just are allergic to anyone 25 and over. And as soon as they see it, they're just, I got to get rid of this guy. He's got to be gone. He's got to be gone. The perennial rebuilder. The problem is uh, those those type of players end up getting so many draft picks, but you're busting your bust rate on draft picks is too high that you can't keep selling players and acquiring picks and then busting on 60 or 40% of them. The numbers don't, don't add up. To we need to come team. up with a name for the perpetual rebuild. I don't mean like a specific person. I mean, like, is there some sort of phrase we could think of for, I mean, the perpetual rebuilder of, is a name in itself. You know, but... It's just one of the dynasty, um, it's one of the guys in your league. It's yeah, one of the, one guys, of the guys in your league. There's there's a guy in your league that loves draft picks. There's a guy in your league that just cannot deal with having anybody over a certain age on their team. And and there's a guy in your league. You know, this there's, there's a guy in your league who wants to berate you for trades. You know, and throws you terrible trades. I wonder who that might be. I mean, there's a listen. There's a lot of guys like that. So um, a lot a lot of different personality types. But I'm trying to think of other old older players. Oh, I got a couple. I have a whole list for you. Okay, so here here's. A player that I think in super flex leagues is is getting ranked way too low, and that's Matt Ryan. And not that I think Matt Ryan's great, but he's going as like quarterback twenty six in super flex leagues. And Matt Ryan, everyone's like, "Oh, it's a one year thing." No, Matt Ryan is locked in for two years. I took a look; his dead cap hit is like thirty million dollars over twenty two and twenty three. And when you're getting him that late, and again, Matt Ryan's probably going to have a, a fourteen or fifteen point floor. Perfect if you punt quarterback early or QB two early and you just scoop up all of the, the value at the other positions. And if Matt Ryan gets coached up and, you know, and Michael Pittman takes that next step and, and the team is good, maybe he ends up being like a 19 point a week player 
So in my old man rankings, Matt Ryan is a player that is being ignored unreasonably. Where are you going to be on Matt Ryan as the Colts new quarterback? Listen, if you're, I think Matt Ryan's going to be just fine. Um, do I think he's going to be a 25 plus fantasy points per game guy? No, but, but he's going to be your, your QB two in a dynasty league where you waited on right. QB or a three where you just were scooping up. Yeah. yeah, it could be a QB three, but if he's your QB two in a super flex, Essentially, what you did, you got to understand what your team looks like. Why, why, why don't you have two great court? Well, because I took the incredible value that was available at wide receiver and running back early in in the startup, while everybody was grabbing running backs and quarterbacks. That's how that goes, right? You're you're picking at the end of the first round, and all these quarterbacks went, and you're like, oh wow, you know, Justin Jefferson is still here, and it's pick one eleven. You know, let me take him, you know, and now I've got this young stud and, and, and round two, you're doing the same thing. You're like, oh, everybody's grabbing the Russell Wilson types in round two, uh, the, these, the next tier of quarterbacks. Well, I took, you know, whoever the next, you know, some other elite player, AJ Brown was there. I took AJ Brown now. So you started your league off with massive advantages at other positions. So yes. Are you going to be disadvantaged at quarterback? Sure. But Matt Ryan is going to get you 18 Yeoman-like fantasy points every week. I'd be very comfortable with Matt Ryan as my QB2. And if you get him as late as you did and you have all of these advantages across these other position groups, that's fine. But also keeping in mind when you have him that now you have a two-year window in the draft or in trade to acquire another warm body for the position. As long as you have time, you give yourself a two-year window with Matt Ryan to know, hey, I've got a crappy QB2, but... Let me get this figured out. Let me do a trade last season for Deshaun Watson when nobody likes him because they don't know what his deal is. Let me pick up uh, Mills, Davis Mills, in the second or third round of my rookie draft and hope that he turns into something. So you have a few years. That, that's what I'm saying. When you give yourself a two-year window with Matt Ryan, and you have that, he's 36. He's not old. I think. Yeah, I think he might be a year old. Now. He might be 37 I, I I think that those um, sleeper values haven't turned the clock yet, or he'll be 37 when the when it okay, starts. So, so, so something he plays like that. Like 37 year old season, he could play his 38 year old season, and we'll see from there. I think um, you've seen that the drop off will happen right around that time. I think the drop off has happened a little bit with Matt Ryan already, oh, yeah. but but you know he's got a couple good years left in him on a run heavy offense. I don't think he's going to be leading you to a win per se. But, he but he's can, not gonna. He's not. You're not gonna lose. You're not gonna he lose. Can lead you to a win if you have all these positional advantages in other spots in your line. You can win with him. He's not gonna lead you to a win. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about how contract and age relate to each other. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. The YouTube audience did not have to wait. All right, when we when we last left you, we were talking about aging age rankings, old man rankings. And I think that not all age is created equal in the sense where you have to take a look at their contracts. For example, if there's a a, a running back, like for example, De- Devin Singletary is a good example. You know, we like Devin Singletary's finish from last year. Uh, he could even have a good year this year. He's aged, I believe, 24, 25, and that's not old for a running back, but he's an unrestricted free agent next year. I mean, what kind of a deal is he going to garner in the open market? It, you know, will Buffalo bring in a running back? We or and then we we juxtapose that with someone like Matt Ryan, who's 37 years old, but we know he's locked in for two years. So, do you think that that is an underrated strategy contract installation? Yeah, I mean, I think Zeke is that example of a guy where you know that second running back contract was acquired. And you're like, all right, he's got a he's got a situation. I'd give you a flip side argument of a guy like Leonard Fournette, who people love and and they'll draft fairly high in Dynasty. But Leonard Fournette has exactly a one year contract, and we don't know a one year window, and that's it. We after this year, we don't know what the deal is with a guy like that. But we like him this year because he's playing with Tom Brady. But you know, I don't I don't know what's going on after that with with uh, Leonard Fournette. So yeah, your contract, your situation super depending on position right but running back is the one where it's the most important probably because if a team pays for a running back they're going to play him that's just what they do so well well then for example just going on the younger side of things like someone like chase Edmonds, he's now in miami he's guaranteed two years to to be on that team even though it's a little bit of a committee his price is pushed down to like you know that was it running back like 28 or something like that or 25? I mean, do you, does contract play a role there for even like a younger player or a mid mid range age player? You want to see the commitment from the team. I, I don't really think it was about and, 6 million guaranteed. I mean, that's not nothing. That's it's something. not enough though. Right. That's not like, Oh my Three God, million. we have to play him. That's Hey, he's our backup running back and we paid him 6 million guaranteed and that's okay to do. So that th- for, for that one, I, I don't, I don't know that that's enough to feel comfortable that this is the guy here, right? But contract does come into play when a team does, when a team commits to a player long-term and again, especially a running back, you could be all right, they're going to play this guy. So I'm, I'm trying to think of a running back situation more. There are, there haven't been this season. What, what like an older running back? Well, I mean, Zeke was the guy, right? He got that giant contract when he was 24, well, or twenty well, Dalvin, Dalvin Cook got the contract. I mean, Dalvin Joe Cook. Mixon was just uh, was just upped. 
Dalvin Cook, perfect. Those examples are great. We know that these guys are going to be the focal point for their team for the next couple of years, right? They're not being replaced anytime soon. It doesn't mean they're going to be workhorses, but it means they'll be the starter probably for their team. So you can feel a little bit comfortable. It's that second contract, especially. You want to make sure that if, if you're buying, especially a running back who's 25 or 26, that like there's a team committed to them. Because a lot of times what happens is after their first contract, their first team is just like, we're not paying you. And then they start doing the Leonard Fournette team-by-team team tour. Which where, isn't terrible because the Melvin Gordon type of thing. The Melvin Gordon thing, right? Where does Melvin Gordon go? I don't know. But wherever he goes, he'll probably probably be a factor. Going to yeah. mess somebody else the, up. An example, again, uh, here's another example of an older player who had some uncertainty, was was undervalued in Dynasty. Uh, Stefan Diggs, of course, I'm talking about, but the contract commitment to him where he's going to retire one. a Buffalo Bill now pushes him right back up the Dynasty rankings, even at age 28. You, you, know, lock, gonna... in, you lock in Diggs now for the next four years with, with Allen? Three, four years? Like full-time? Diggs on this great offense. I don't care. He might not be when he's 31. He might not be the player. He is at 28. He won't be. And he might not be as productive, but so what in your dynasty team, he's sliding from your, your WR one or your hopeful WR two. Like right now, if you have Stefan Diggs on your team and you're trying to win a championship, he's your WR two. Like you got cup on that team also. And you're like, yeah, I got this right. He's probably your WR two. You got Debo on there. You know, somebody else is on there that's leading the way. And he's a really good WR2. But he'll slide down to your WR3. But he's still going to be in your starting lineup two, three seasons from now. That's well, there, And that's a perfect example calling back to what we were saying earlier is that what do you care about the price of your house if you're just going to live in it? If you're just going to have Stefan Diggs on your roster, who cares if his, his value went to wide receiver 14 or wide receiver 8? You just you know you're going you're gonna to eventually have him hopefully replace – you know, some get them some upside rookie draft picks, you know, the Garrett Wilsons or the Jameson Williams uh, in this year's draft. And by the time Stefan Diggs starts to fall back into out of the top 10, that those guys start to emerge. Now, I want to ask to switch it over to tight ends because there's no more of a, a better example of old man rankings in Dynasty than Travis Kelsey, who was going in the first round of redraft leagues for the last three years. Probably didn't pay off last year, the year before it did. Now, in our redraft rankings, it's reasonable to have Travis Kelsey as the tight end one still. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of people will take that swing on Andrews or Kyle Pitts. I have no problem with that. But in our dynasty rankings, you know, Travis Kelsey falls to like the tight end four. So there is a big gap that we need to explore from an age perspective. So where are you going to be on Travis Kelsey? And I think Travis Kelsey's probably helped by Tyreek Hill. Out the door, right? Massively helped, by the okay, way. Okay, so talk Travis me through this Kelsey one. this year. First of all, for for your viewers, Travis Kelsey is going to smash this year. Like, look at his games without Tyreek Hill. Like, he's going to get ten targets a game. He's going to lead you to fantasy championships. He's a guy that you should not have any trouble taking at the end of the first round. Don't worry about it. Geek said it's okay. Just do it. All right. Now, um, yeah. By the way, and the other thing is. Tight ends don't even kind of get seasoned until they're about 28, 29 years old. He's not even that old right, like as, uh, you know, for tight end years. Travis Kelsey, 32. But I get it. I get it. It's it's totally understandable. 
Kyle Pitts is young. And, and, and by the way, the greats, the all-timers, the Antonio Gates, the Tony Gonzalez's, those guys play till they're 36, 38 years old. And they're still, and they're not, you know, top end tight, the tight end one, but they're tight end 10 just based on like red zone production or just the Jason Witten types. Those are all-timers that have value. for. So Travis Kelsey, he could play another four years. I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I don't understand his dynasty. I mean, I do understand it, but I think he's being undervalued. He'd be a, a top my tight end old man rankings for sure. It's just the number. He is definitely that old man tight end. By the way, you want a one-year window. Gronk, when he comes back, will be great this year too, and you can get him for nothing um, very late in your draft. He's a guy. That is, he's got to be the all-time old man ranking. So that that's oh, really yeah. true. I want to I set this up for people. So Gronk, all-time Hall of Fame tight end, has not yet committed as of this podcast. We're recording this on in mid-April. And so his ADP is, people aren't even drafting him in best ball drafts or the very, very end. But in dynasty draft, he's still on the board. And I'm in a, a, we're in the 13th, 14th round. He's still there. Now you talk about, you know, one-year window guys who hasn't committed. Where If he said, hey, I'm coming back to the Tampa Bay Bucks, where does he shoot up to? Just to be clear, not necessarily dynasty because he is a one-year window dynasty guy, and he should be taken late. He's a guy only for this year. But in redraft, in redraft, Gronk for me, TE4, TE3. I mean, you could make an argument. I would make a strong argument that Gronk in redraft should be taken ahead of Kyle Pitts. Um, Now, you can argue those two. But but ahead of George Kittle, yes. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you and I were early on Kittle. I mean, a lot of people were. I don't want to say like we're yeah. so special. And then we were early off Kittle when we saw that. That's the advantage of of talking to you all the time with this the, the DFS stuff because you're really studying this stuff week to week. Yeah. yeah. Well, that that's all thing. So you see the you see the patterns much more. Um, uh, micro little board dug in like micro. You see the you micro see the patterns. Pat- well, that's why yeah. I got on Byron Pringle too because we were playing showdowns. And Byron Pringle kept popping off last year, you, you know, the year before. And then it was like, I think he's the WR2 on this team. Like, I, I kind of think he's, you know, better than me, Cole Hartman. You, you know, uh, last year, that's you get on these guys because you learn about them. But um, oh, look, Clipboard Jesus called you a donkey in the chat, man. That's fair. That's fair. Clipboard Jesus, he, he's actually paying for my vacation this summer. <laughs> I'm taking the whole family out. It's too inside. It's too inside. I know. All okay, right. keep going. Come on. So, so you know, these are these are players where, like, like with Kittle, he's he's an inconsistent guy. But but at, at tight end, you can get the TE three this year for the fourteenth the fourteenth fifteenth round in your in right. your dynasty startup. So when you talk about old man rankings. Gronk certainly is at any position. He's probably top ten when you talk about our old man rankings. Oh yeah, um, he's he's one of those names. I think Amari Cooper's on the list. Is he an old man? He's because gonna be twenty eight. Yeah, he's yeah. old man. Can we put him on that list? You know Amari- what? I want here. I'll, we'll make a clippable piece right here. Look at the camera. Look at me, geek, and make the case for Amari Cooper right now. Yeah, l- l- let me make this very clear with Amari Cooper. All right, this guy is going to be the number one wide receiver for Deshaun Watson, a player who has pr- can pr- can take garbage and turn them into gold. You're getting him WR20 in your best ball leagues this season. Your highest on Amari Cooper of anyone I've seen. You have him as like the, the wide receiver 11 or 12 yeah. in both dynasty and redraft. Yeah. And by the way, 
he will be a top 10 scoring wide receiver this year. And oh, what if Deshaun Watson is out for a few games? So what? What do you think? Jacoby Brisket isn't going to be throwing to Amari Cooper every chance he gets. Who else is he going to throw to? That team has no one. And Amari Cooper's number one. Why don't people like him? Because last year he was sharing with CD Lamb, with Michael Gallup, with Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz emerge. And, and the he problem was, was he was bombing. knocked out. He was knocked out because of COVID. He was one of the guys that had the long haul COVID too. Yeah, and and volume though the volume wasn't there. Look at the numbers. The 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 target numbers for Amari Cooper dropped last year and all of a sudden he's only getting seven targets a game. And that's not the same. Now we're going to get 11, 12 targets per game. Amari Cooper, you know what that Cooper produces 40 fantasy points. And with, with a guy in Deshaun Watson who turned Will Fuller into a fantasy super stud, a guy who had a hangnail and decided I can't play this year. That guy was a fantasy super stud. Amari Cooper is going to be this year's Cooper cup. I've said it. I want it to be very clear that I'm on that. Okay. He's on every single team that I have. He's on my dynasty teams already. Cause I already had him, but he's also on every best ball team that I've drafted this year because he's going well after players who are much worse. Don't I like, I like that take, up. man. Amari, Amari Cooper is this year's Cooper cup. That is, that is the clippable moment right here. All right, geek, you did it again, man. As always uh, tell people right now what uh, I'm, if I didn't, I'm going to probably introduce you in the intro, of course, but uh, the geek from DFS army also of the sharp app. Tell I like what you guys are doing right now over at the sharp app. Everyone should download the sharp app. You get 15 to 20 seconds to tell everyone what the sharp app is and why they should download it. Yeah. You got to check out the sharp app guys. It's a free sports betting advice and tools app. And when I say sports betting advice, we have some of the most incredible breakdowns every single day. Lots of free picks being given out. Um, all the data you need, betting handles, all that kind of uh, trends, betting trends for every single game. It's all free. It's all right there. My favorite course, thing on the Sharp app is that you, the prop finder. Yeah, I love the prop finder tool. Explain yeah, that real quick. When you want to find props on a player, you click on the sport. You go to the player prop side, and you could just type the player's name in. This is one of the coolest things we did. You just type the player's name in, and every single prop across every single book for that player shows up. It line shops for you, basically. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to bet Cooper Cup to score a touchdown at minus 180 on DraftKings because guess what? FanDuel has it for minus 120. You just saved uh, 50 bucks. Just by <laughs> just by using this, right? Six bucks, whatever. What, 50 whatever bucks. I was gonna say, if you're betting a hundred, yeah, yeah. 50 so bucks. you got to check out the Sharp app. It's really awesome. We just we're adding in models from an AI-driven neural net learning platform called Skynet. You might be familiar with it. Skynet gonna take over the world. It's predicting games, handicap games, all that stuff. That's getting worked into the app as well. It's really, really awesome, and it's always getting better. You got to check it out. And I want to also remind everyone of your core business, DFS Army. There is no better place to go for DFS advice, tools. Uh, so you could sign up right now for DFS Army. Let's get, give them a promo code so they can get a little discount on DFS Army. Get in there, uh, VI, uh, get in there, DFS Army, as a VIP. Use my code, Geek. Support this guy right here, my code. Promo code Geek gets 10% off, and 10%. it locks in the 10% off forever. Your dues do not change when you're set, when you're signed up at DFS Army. It's always the same once you sign up. So you want to use that discount code when you get in there. Get locked in. We've got season-long uh, fantasy football going all year round. Of course, every sport. We, we, we're at F1. F1. Formula One racing. Now we do. USFL starting this weekend. We got that covered. We cover it all.
All right. And I want to remind everyone that the Rotowire Superflex rankings are up. I've refreshed them every week. You can get them right now for free. You can get all of Rotowire's premium content for free right now for 10 days, no credit card. You just go to rotowire.com forward slash try. You can get all of our premium stuff, articles, podcasts, rankings. And next week we'll be back. Oh, by the way, subscribe to the Rotowire YouTube channel. We put up free content all the time. Subscribe to the DFS Army YouTube channel. And we'll be back next week uh, on Friday. We have a good guest coming in, Geek. Uh, we're keeping him rolling. I have Rich Dotson from the Dynasty Nerds coming in. Oh, there too. you go. Yeah, nice. so he's going he's gonna to talk some Dynasty strategy, Dynasty philosophy, some rookies. And I want you to now start deep diving. We're two weeks away from the NFL draft to deep dive rookies because when I have you back, we're going to be talking rookies. And I, I want you to – I yeah, can't wait so, to see where they land. I, I I like them after I know where they're going. Is there anyone um, that you even just pre-draft before that you you kind of have an eyeball? I know you haven't done your deep dive yet, but who's one of the rookies maybe that you're you're most curious about to see where they go? Even if they're top of the board, bottom of the board. Anyone? I mean, it, for me, it's a lot in the wide receiver position because they're all so similar. So you know, yes. the Olaves and and the that's the, my the guy. Drake, yeah, I like Olave a little bit. Drake London. So I, I just want to see where they land. And yeah, then that, I'm going to make decisions on these guys. It's funny because everyone, look, what we tell ourselves with these with, in traditionally is that we have our pre-draft rankings and, you know, no better example than AJ Brown, who was everyone's wide receiver one. And then we stupidly as an industry dropped him to like wide receiver 10 when he ended up with Marcus Mariota. But I think that this is the year that that's okay to do. Specifically, you talk about Olave, who right now is probably wide receiver five-ish, wide receiver six-ish on a lot of boards. And if he ends up in the primo spot with Aaron Rodgers, with with Patrick Mahomes, I think it's okay to elevate him as high as the wide receiver one. Whereas in other years where we didn't, you know, where we where there's definitely a, a tier a of wide receivers you may want to adjust those rankings I, all right everybody I, I think yeah there's not that much differentiation between these why I, I don't know the difference between the wide receivers so i just want to see where they go yep all right everybody we'll be back next week with another rotowire dynasty fantasy everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body including those involved in hormonal balance from functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.